Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. If you're looking to take your business and life to a whole new level and you're committed to investing in yourself, you're invited to apply for one-to-one coaching with me, which you can learn more about at coachwithtyler.com or sign up for the life-changing Elevate High Performance Coaching Academy, where together with our tribe, you'll learn how to elevate your game, make more money and have more freedom. Check out the free masterclass at elevatecoachingacademy.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting with the great Robert Helms. If you know about the Real Estate Guys radio show, one of the top podcasts and radio shows in the world, on real estate, then you know who I'm talking about with Robert Helms. Today's show is phenomenal. You are going to learn about what it means to be energetic, interested, and multifaceted, not only in your personal life, but as a real estate investor. And if you ever want to be a real estate developer, whether it's domestically or international, today is the day because you are going to expand to such a high degree if you listen to this podcast, if you listen to this show and really soak it up. And I want to encourage you to look for your top three takeaways today because there's so much here that you can apply immediately. And Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal growth for high-performing real estate investors. I'm your host, Tyler Chester, and I'm a professional real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and your lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar. So I want to introduce you to Robert Helms, who is a professional real estate investor with investment and development experience in nine states and six countries. As a former top producing real estate agent, Robert ranked in the top 1% of sales in the world's largest real estate organization. For four years, he taught real estate practices and appraisal at the college level. Robert's investment and development companies have had past and current projects valued at over $800 million. He is the co-author of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, and the host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The Real Estate Guys, now in its 25th year of broadcast, the podcast version of the show is one of the most downloaded podcasts on real estate and is heard in one, more than 190 countries. So without further ado, enjoy this show with the great Robert Helms. And by the way, if you're enjoying Elevate, share this with a friend, pay it forward, and make sure you follow, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that you can really be notified on the next show that comes out because we're going to continue to bring the heat And with all that said, enjoy this amazing episode with Robert Helms. Robert Helms, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Hey, Tyler. Great. Uh, Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. No, I was just uh, telling you before the show, it's an honor to be sitting with you. And and that's true. And uh, I tell you what, I really admire you. And I'd really love for you, if you don't mind, to share with the listeners, if you were to describe yourself in the way that your closest friends or family members would describe Robert Helms, what would they say about you? Well, I hope they say that I'm energetic, but I'm also interested uh, in what they are doing and what is going on in their life, more so than even what's going on in my life. You know, I think we are multifaceted people and you get kind of pigeonholed as, oh, you're a real estate person or you're a speaker or you're an author or you're a podcaster. And we all have much bigger lives than that. And I think we live our lives on a superficial level a lot of the time. And so I love having uh, deep conversations with people, uh, but I'm also used to having the other type. 
So this really, really resonates with me in terms of being multifaceted. I believe that every human being is multidimensional. We have many different layers to ourselves. I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I know that you've been passionate, at least from what I understand about you, that you've been extremely passionate about personal growth, introspection, growing as an individual, and also giving that to other people. Could you say a little bit more about that? What do you mean by multifaceted? Yeah, you know, every day we wake up and we have to figure out what it is that we're going to do with this precious day that we have. And there are so many things begging for our attention. So if you're not clear about who you are and what you want, then it's easy to get caught off track, get sucked up into somebody else's urgency or dream. I think you need to be really clear on who you are, what you're here to accomplish, what matters to you the most, and then design your life in such a way that that's what you're working on most of the time. So if you were to share with us who you are and what you're really, you know, designing your life to accomplish, what would you say to that, Robert? I've been fortunate to have amazing mentors and teachers that have helped me along a path. And I think my greatest joy today is to turn around and do that for other folks. I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for amazing role models like my dad, like Jim Rohn, like Brian Tracy. And when those people can speak into your lives and have it mean something, And it's not just what they say, it's what you do with what they say. You know, our motto with the real estate guys is education for effective action. And the action is the important part, but it can't just be any action. That's hence the effective word. Effective action is the key. We hear ideas and either we can choose to say, well, that was a good idea, or we can implement them into my life, into our lives. So I like to be an implementer. No, I love that. And and Robert, one of the things that I'd love to do is I'd love to turn the clock back a little bit. And I think about your upbringing and sort of where you came from to give, you know, the audience more of a context of, of who you are and, and the multifaceted individual that you are now and that you've exhibited over the past many decades. So could you talk to me a little bit about your upbringing and in your background? There's a couple of things I think that uh, were pivotal looking back. You know, Brian Tracy says, whatever you're interested in between the ages of seven and 14, can give you great insight into what you'll be when you grow up. And what I love to do the most in that age is play Monopoly. My parents played with me the first time and they said, well, since you've never played before and you're only eight years old, uh, we'll give you all the railroads to start. And of course I won and I got hooked on it. Now the challenge with Monopoly, and I'm sure you played, is that there's only one winner. That's not true in life. So as much as I love playing that game, playing Monopoly for real is a lot better than that because there isn't one winner and a bunch of bankrupt losers. Everybody can win. So that was pivotal, certainly getting the real estate bug early on. And the other thing is I was brought up in scouting. And I think today scouting is a pivotal part of my life. Both my boys are in the scouting program. I'm an Eagle Scout. My Son, my oldest son is a life scout uh, working on Eagle, and my youngest son is working his way up as well. And I think there's so many values that get instilled. One is you spend time outdoors, and today we're all cooped up inside most of the time, and that's not always the recipe for success. So I love that part, but it's also just the ethical side. And I really credit a lot with my uh, involvement in scouting as I was as growing up to not lecture me on what to do, but show me a path that would be possible. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It's actually, first of all, I wanted to go back just a bit because you mentioned the interest that you had when you were between seven and age seven and 14 gives you an insight into what you may really be passionate about and maybe the direction of your life. I just find that to be fascinating. I should have never heard that. And so I'm curious if the listeners are thinking about that and really reflecting back on what they were most interested in at that point in time and what clues they may be able to get from that. I know, Robert, you talk about clues in the news a lot. It's like clues in our background. It's clues in our interests. It's clues in our desires because I'm a believer that, you know, desire, it's almost from the father, right? It's from a higher power. And maybe it's a clue that we can follow that can then give us a a great life of fulfillment. But, you know, thinking back to, you know, your experience playing Monopoly and now talking about obviously the ethical side of things and your values and and also, you know, some of the insights in terms of what you believe is important about spending time outdoors. But, you know, just taking that collection of that background and understanding sort of who you are as a person and as a giver, as a teacher, as a developer, as an investor, and as someone who's continuing to evolve as a human being, could you talk about that trajectory a little bit from the background of, okay, I found monopoly being a really interesting thing. And now I'm doing it as a, you know, as a real human being, and I'm, I'm living this abundance mindset. Talk to me about that trajectory because 
I know that there's been a few steps along that path from not only, you know, a property manager, a real estate agent, an investor, a developer. Could you talk a little bit about that trajectory and how that's been for you? That's such a great question. I think the insightful part of anybody is how did their background contribute to who they are today? You don't have to have had an awesome, great background to be successful. Many of the success stories we're here are people that had a terrible, horrible issue or challenge in their life and overcame it. I think that for me, you know, we look at the, the obvious thing to me is, well, Monopoly, that's real estate. But I think as folks look back to what they were interested in, it doesn't have to be exactly what you're doing. If you were organized and meticulous, well, that's something that can bleed into your life. If you are fun-loving and carefree and in the moment, well, that can be a great skill set. It doesn't have to be a specific thing. For me, because I got the real estate bug early, my dad was a real estate broker and I, I started to get excited about it. My sister raised in the same household. Couldn't care less, had no interest at all in real estate. She's like, you know, I love dad, but I could never work with him. Well, we had a great working relationship for 18 years and uh, we sold lots of real estate, helped lots of people. And so for me, that trajectory, uh, you know, first uh, being in, involved and enamored of this great, beautiful world and getting outdoors, camping, spending time, hiking, skiing, fishing, diving. I spent a lot of time outdoors still. I think that gives you an appreciation and a reverence for the land. And when you develop that reverence can turn out to be your unique selling proposition. All the time we go and look at properties where they crammed as much as they possibly could on a single acre to get the most yield possible. And if you study development, that's exactly the wrong thing to do most of the time. The most valuable real estate is real estate that breathes, that doesn't grab every corner. And we like to say that lightly touch the land can be a lot more effective than just to bulk it up. And so for me, the trajectory started as uh, I wanted to own real estate. My dad convinced me that instead of doing late night rock radio, which is the dream job I landed, that if I just did a little studying, I could learn to get a real estate license and then help him in the business. And that turned out to be great. My first commission check I spent on a duplex where I lived in one half and rented out the other, became an instant landlord in my early 20s. And never look back. I continue to collect real estate. I continue to collect real estate to this day. And the way and the, the method has changed. So that evolution for me hasn't been that I've changed the core of who I am, but I've changed a lot about it. My first property management job, my on-site management job, a block from the place I went to college was to run a C-class apartment building. I spent a lot of time in my early you know, 10 years, first 10 years in real estate in C-class. They don't like C-class that much, right? I'd much rather own beautiful real estate that has much higher demand and higher paying income and all those things. So the evolution has been just that. As you know, uh, as we go along, uh, we continue to evolve and elevate who we are. And if we do it right, every day is a better day than the day before. And I don't mean that you know you do it on bad days. I just mean that we're headed in a direction. Some of it we can see clearly, and some of it will make itself available as we get closer. That's such a great insight. I think about people who, you know, they get started into real estate and it can be very frustrating, right? You know, especially in the very beginning, it can be very challenging. There's so much to learn and there's so many failures, almost tuition to pay, right? And, you know, you think about that. I believe that evolution and change and growth along that process is maybe the most, you know, important uh, feature of this entire experience. And so thinking about your experience starting as a property manager and managing C-class assets and saying, I don't love this. You didn't say, I'm not going to do real estate. I'm not going to participate in real estate. You decided to pivot and evolve into more of a developer. And you were talking about your reverence for the land and having an understanding of living and breathing development may look like and feel like rather than just a pro forma or just a projection. Could you talk a little bit about that, that evolution and how that central theme and how you've committed to that personal growth along the way? Well, absolutely. You know, Jim Rohn says some people have 20 years of experience and some people have one year of experience repeated 20 times. If you're not growing, if you're not getting better, if you're not taking the feedback. So they say that the truth hurts. Well, the truth only hurts the people that aren't very successful. Successful people, the truth helps. I want the feedback. I want to understand if I stepped in and if I did something that was wrong or bad, I want to learn from that. And the sooner I learn and recalculate, the better. And so everything that we do 
gets us a close stepper to who a close stepper to a step closer, I should say, of who we want to be. But I also think that when you operate and you look at, say, a market and you look at a deal, you're operating with today's eyes. Five years from now, you might look back and go, what was I thinking? I would never do that deal today. But you can't be mad at your five year ago self because knowing what you knew now, that was the best thing you could have done. As we continue and evolve, we get better ideas. We get better people around us. And before you know it, we have experience. So there's head knowledge, the things we get from reading books and listening to podcasts and learning. And then there's seat knowledge, the stuff that you get from actually going out and doing it. And we need both. And both are important. I find that seat knowledge is the thing that really propels me to get to the next level. When I went through the anguish of the wrong way, then I really focus on trying to do it better next time. I would imagine that that is probably one of the most important pieces to your business and your life is just that seat knowledge and, and using that to propel you forward rather than to anguish in that and to, you know, that negative spiral, because I know there's so many different decisions that we have to make as real estate investors and, and yourself as a developer. And one of the things that I'm really curious about, and I have a, I have a sense on is that you have the ability of thinking in the future to a great capacity, because if you're going to develop, especially if you're going to be an international developer, as you are, and be able to look at a site and be able to consider, well, what, what factors may be at play five years from now, or 10 years from now, or 15 years from now, that's a challenge. And obviously you've got to be able to not only take in market insights and data, but you've got to make other intuitive understandings and decisions based on that particular opportunity. So can you talk about that in terms of how you collect that information and make effective decisions? If I buy a house to rent, you know, it's going to be just another rental house in my portfolio. I'm going to look at what the market's like and who the tenants are and what the income is in the area and the school districts and those things. And those aren't static. They change. I certainly pay attention to where I think the fuck is going in the market. But we say you get married to a market. You're going to be in for a while. Real estate is a great asset. But when you sell it, it costs a bunch. You're going to take a 8 to 10% chunk every time you revert a property. So I like to think long term. Now, when you start developing, by the very nature, you're projecting into the future. I'm not buying something that exists right now with a tenant that's in it or another tenant who could move into it easily. Instead, I have to say, who is my tenant going to be and what are they going to want? And not, what are they going to want now? What are they going to want in two years or five years? And it becomes a big part of what we do. Oftentimes in niches within development, there are specialists that can help with this. We have a hospitality product and we thought we knew the market pretty well, but we commissioned a third party hospitality study. And, you know, those folks came down and I, I so wanted to help. I'm like, Hey, I know all the managers around here and I know all the great properties. I can be a great service to you. And they said, no, you can't. We have to be third party. You can't even be involved. We're going to do it and we'll take it from here. I was like, wow, but that's what they did. And their work product was outstanding and it gave us some confirmation of what we've been thinking, but also gave us a little you know, insight into what somebody else saw in the market. And that's it. You can never be the smartest person. I was earlier today on a call with an extraordinary uh, gentleman, was NBA coach forever. His name's Kevin Eastman. And he said, you can choose to be a know-it-all or you can choose to be a learn-it-all. I don't think at any point you stop learning. Like that's constant, never ending improvement, right? On a scale of one to 10, I don't think there was a 10. I don't think there's ever a 10. I think there's always something more we can do. And that takes a great deal of humility. People get good at something and they want to waltz, and waltz into the room and say, well, this is how we do it. I never take that approach. I go to a brand new market and I say, let me understand how you guys do it here instead of let me show you how we've done it in the past other places. And so I think humility is one of the most important things, but also just recognizing the very nature of your question, which is you have to be forward thinking to do anything that's going to blossom in the future. Such a beautiful response. And the reason why I think it's so amazing is because it actually brings our, our early part of our conversation so full circle. You, you started this conversation with being multifaceted and recognizing that there are multi layers to yourself as a human being, yourself as an investor, and all of the different hats that you wear. And I know that this is the same for all the listeners as well, but you're talking about learning, being humble, 
and I asked you, the question was about, you know, how do you look at a piece of land or a, a development deal and think ahead in the future? And what you told me really essentially was it, it comes down to learning and being humble and recognizing that you don't know everything. Perhaps you need to surround yourself with people who can give you insight that maybe is out of your perspective. But the thing that I love about real estate in, in one capacity is that learning in different areas or different genres can really help us apply innovative thinking. And that's what I think about multidimensional or multifaceted approaches. That's why I love to talk to neuroscientists or economists or psychologists or folks like yourself, because we can mirror in all of these understandings to apply to our real estate business and to our life. Does that resonate with you, Robert? Oh, big time. One of my favorite things to do is borrow what would be considered an industry standard or a thing everybody does in one industry and apply it to another industry where they never heard of that. And it's all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. How did you ever think of that? Well, you know, uh, my dad used to say that you don't have to give natural childbirth to ideas, but you can adopt. And when somebody has a great idea that's working and you can apply it not as a competitor of theirs, but in a completely disrelated way, that's to your point where innovation can come from. You can sit all day with a whiteboard and try to be creative, but there's so many great examples in the world and it doesn't have to be, and maybe it's better if it's not from your walk of life, if it's something else. So getting exposure to a lot of things and then you pick and choose, you discern, not everything is going to work. You're going to hear an idea and go, well, that's not for me. Awesome. One less thing to clog up your mind. And then when something resonates with you, that's a clue. That's a tap on the shoulder. So what, what's your favorite uh, personal development or personal growth, you know, activity? Is it, is it reading? Is it speaking to other people? Is it investing in coaching and masterminds? Or what's your favorite activity, Robert? Well, all of the above for sure. I don't think any minute or dollar that you spend on your own personal development is wasted. I'm kind of an auditory learner. And though I read and I love to read, I'm not very fast at it. And so I do a thing that accomplishes uh, two uh, things that need to happen in one. And that is, I don't like to exercise, but I know I need to. And the way that I blackmail myself into exercise is I listen to audio programs. So whether it's audio books or podcasts or, you know, just some of the greatest personal development speakers, I know that if I get today to listen to an awesome audio program, then I will be motivated to do the exercise or a great podcast or anything like that. So I love audio learning. I also like it because uh, you can do it while you're doing things like, you know, working out or driving. I don't think you can do it while you're working. The myth of multitasking, you need your mind to be focusing on the audio content, but sometimes our body can be doing things that we don't need to focus on. And that's how, how I get to kill do birds with one stone, I guess. So speaking of podcasts, speaking of media, obviously you've got a great podcast and a great radio show, the Real Estate Guys radio show, which has been around for now 25 years, which is amazing. I mean, you've got to be so proud of what you've accomplished there and what you continue to contribute to the real estate industry and to so many people who are interested in really taking control of their lives. So I'd actually be really, uh, really interested in how did you actually get started in media? What did that look like, Robert? So I'm very shy by nature. And in high school, I was pretty shy, but my high school had a radio station, 10 watts, rocking the block. And I got involved and I discovered something when I was in this little studio and there was nobody there but me. I didn't have to be shy. Nobody could see me. I grew a personality. I went to college and got involved with college radio. And that was a ton of fun, met lifelong friends, folks that we still hang out with every single year multiple times usually, got a lot of friends in the radio business. And then I met a guy who was doing continuing education for real estate agents. And I invited him to come to an event. And we got talking about uh, a radio show. He's like, you know, you have a radio background and I'm a public speaker and, and we both love real estate. Let's do a show on, on real estate. And that's how the real estate guys started. We found a station in the Northern California Bay Area and we started a show once a week. And little by little, it grew an audience. And after a few years, he thought we'd be more famous. So he uh, decided to step down and wanted to be in TV. And uh, that's when I invited Russ Gray, along with a bunch of other people, to come and do the show in a different format. Instead of just Charlie and I, it was going to be me as the host and 
I'd have different real estate guys and gals every week to talk to. And that went on for a few weeks. And then I noticed that Russ was never leaving. He kept showing <laughs> up on Sunday morning and kept showing up and he'd bring a stack of books on things we could talk about. And he recognized pretty quickly that you don't need that stack of books. If you've read those books, you've got everything you need to be to talk about stuff that matters on the radio. And uh, then it grew by station by station. And at one point we were on 14 or 15 different stations. Uh, and then the podcast started one of the first real estate, got, real estate podcasts and maybe the first real estate podcast. I don't know, but it was a long time ago. And that's just been amazing. Listeners in 190 plus countries, millions and millions of downloads. It's insane and, uh, and wonderful at the same time. We've had a great opportunity to interview all kinds of folks, not just the household names that people like to brag about, but uh, folks that just really are doing the thing. When you can talk to somebody that has insight and has passion and has involvement in a particular industry, and as you know, we don't just talk about real estate on the real estate guys, because we believe that real estate sits in an economic sea and we've got to look at the bigger picture, broad based economics and monetary policy and other asset classes just to do the compared to what. And it's been really uh, amazing to the people we've met and uh, people like yourself, right? The other day you were out in our audience and you made an awesome contribution to the whole audience and Russ called you out on it and said, now everyone's looking at you, which wasn't your intention, but that, that happened. And I think that's been the coolest thing is we get to meet people that have been listening for a month, a year, 10 years. I had a guy this week on our Ask the Guy show said, I've been listening to your show since 2008. And then Russ kind of jabbed him a little said, well, if you've been listening for that long, how come we haven't seen you at an event yet? And mm-hmm. not everybody does show up to an event, but it's our favorite thing when someone you know jumps out of the listening audience and we get to meet them in person. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. If you had to reflect back on the past 25 years, I mean, obviously I can imagine some of the lessons maybe by just what you've just described there, but I'd be curious. I mean, what are some of the top lessons that you've learned, not only in building a great audience, but building a business that serves other people and provides continuous growing value? There's a lot of real estate programs that are the come list with me show. You hear that on local radio. It's the local realtor, you know, fishing for listings. Nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of shows that are all about, you know, their program or whatever it is they do. And we get that. And it's not that we don't have an agenda. We just try to be pretty open about it. And we try to maintain the same big picture uh, since the beginning. The show and the reason behind the show hasn't changed, although certainly the topics and the guests and I would think the production value and all that stuff, I, I hope has gotten better over the years. Uh, but I think the other part of it is that you hit on, which is critical. And every business owner needs to understand this. The only reason your business exists is to serve other people. We deserve to be paid when we are of service, deserve of service. And the more people we're of service to, the better we'll do, or as Zig Ziglar says, You can have everything you want in life if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. I think that's the essence of business. I think it's the essence of what you do in your day job, raising money to do bigger projects. It's not just about raising the money and doing the deal and you making money. It's about helping that 
passive investor to be part of something they likely couldn't have been without you. And they get the benefits of that. They get to grow alongside you. So it is a team sport. And that's the biggest distinction. Uh, when people come out of our audience with all these amazing things they have to say about us, it's like, wow, you know, who, who knew? Who knew there were people that would listen to what we have to say, take action on it, and become millionaires? And not just one or two, but lots and lots and lots. It's the pebble in the water. You drop a pebble in the water, the waves go out. You don't even know where eventually that's going to end up. That's so good. It's so good. And and I just, I love the value that you bring and the energy that you bring continuously in terms of serving other people and being of service. I've actually never heard that before. Deserve means of service. That's, that's such a great distinction. Robert, I would love to know because the central theme of obviously everything that you do and being of service is about your expertise in real estate. So I would love to know your thoughts around this question. It's a really simple question. Why is real estate the greatest investment vehicle in the world? Well, it's, it should be obvious, but if it's not, if you have new listeners, if you've got people that are thinking, well, you know, the stock market's doing pretty good right now. Okay. Follow me on this. You don't ever have to invest a single dollar in a share of stock or an ounce of gold or a barrel of oil or a mutual fund. You never have to do any of that, but it is actually impossible to sit out a financial interaction with real estate. You don't have to own real estate, but you're going to have to pay for it whether you go to work somewhere, you live somewhere, even if you camp, there's park fees. I mean, you always interact with real estate financially. And because of that, it is the only asset class, we'll call it, that is not optional. Everything else is optional. Now, not only that, it's funny, you know, people look at the Dow and they say, well, the Dow is up, whatever it's up. And over time, it's gone up this amount. Well, the Dow is 30 stocks. If we judge the real estate market by the top, 30 pieces of real estate on earth, it would look very different. And yet still, real estate is tangible. It's fungible. It's, it's actually something you can touch, put your feet on, walk. We say kick the dirt so you know what you're getting into. And because of that, it's not a charade. It's not a derivative. It's not made up in the back room of a company. It's the real stuff. Now, of course, you got to get educated and not all real estate is alike and some real estate is a great way to lose money. So that's where the education comes in. Education on two things, understanding, you know, analysis and markets and due diligence and all that's important. But you also have to understand the demographics and psychographics and what's behind the checks that come in the mail to the real estate owner. It's not just taken for granted that someone's going to want to rent this exquisite property. You've got to make sure you've got both sides of that covered. And the great news is it's easy to get that information. But as Jim Rohn would say, it's easy to learn, but it's also easy not to. Interesting. No, that's a that's a great distinction in itself as well. And I think you're talking about education, not only on demographics and psychographics. I also think that I would just stack on that in terms of self-awareness education, as well as awareness on, you know, influence within other people and how you're truly going to be able to serve someone else. Because sometimes we need to understand the story beneath the story of what's important to other people. And that's the lever that can help us, you know, gain more and more success in real estate is driving and, and serving other people. So truly understanding that not, not only within ourselves, but others as well is so, so important. But Robert, I would love to take this a step further. When we talk about real estate, obviously, I know that obviously you serve in so many different directions from as being an educator and a media participant, as well as a developer. But when we think about international developing, which is, you know, real estate development, which is what you do, I'd love to know, you know, do you have any tips or practical tips for folks who have interest in expanding in that capacity? Uh, maybe some pitfalls that you've, you've run into along the way as well? Absolutely. If you get the development bug, it's awesome. When you can turn dirt into dollars and not just have to wait for someone else to have built a building and then someone to be tired of owning it. Instead, you can create the whole thing, be the master orchestra conductor. It's exciting stuff. Now, the pitfalls are numerous. You know, we've developed in a couple of markets that I always joke that developers who didn't cut it in the U.S. or Canada come to a place like this thinking it'll be easier and instead, it's the exact opposite. It's harder. So I think it's easier to cut your development teeth in a place you know by affiliating. You know, the greatest gift we have is the ability to work with other awesome human beings. And when someone's come from, you know, before you, you can learn a lot. Again, if you're, if you're humble and if you'll figure out how can I add value, 
in real estate, I used to always tell the new agents, hey, take a busy, successful agent to lunch. Offer to take them to lunch. They got to eat. They're busy. And just ask them one question as you're paying for their lunch. If you were me and you were starting over today, what would you do or what would you do differently? And then just soak it in. And you can do that in any field. And I think development is an easy place to lose a ton of money and a lot of sleep if you're not careful. You don't have to figure it out. Lots of people have come before you. Once you decide that there's opportunity in another market, well, there's orders of magnitude to learn about the differences in the basis of law and the understanding of contracts and how real estate is, is transacted. It's very different. We come from a place where we often think that the rule of law is fair and that there's ethics and there's moral code and it's not like that everywhere. And you just have to learn that stuff. Uh, but it's all learnable. It's all doable. And we need more people doing it. We need more of the right people who are impassioned about it, who aren't just after the dollar. And let me just address that for a minute, because it's easy to sound like, well, this guy's an Eagle Scout and all he cares is about other people. That's a big part of my heart. But I learned something incredible from Jim Rohn. He talked about not just self-interest, but enlightened self-interest. When I first met Russell Gray, my partner now on the Real Estate Guys for all these years, I was teaching an event called Jumpstart Your Real Estate Business, which was designed to show brand new rookies in real estate how to become rookie of the year in their office. And people would say, aren't you training your competitors? Well, not in real estate. I don't have competitors every now and then. If I'm listing and selling real estate, I might go up against someone on a listing presentation. But more often than not, real estate is a business of cooperation. I, as an agent, need every other agent to be listing properties and vice versa. When I'm listing properties, I need lots of other agents showing those properties. It is by its very nature competitive, but it's cooperative. So you want to compete with yourself, with last year's numbers, with your psychology, not with the other agent in the cubicle next door. That doesn't matter. Let them have a great living. You make a great living. There's plenty to go around and there's lots of real estate to be developed. So I never look at another developer and feel anything but joy, like good for them. And isn't that awesome? We're in a market where a big competitor is about to open and people expect us to say all these negative things and it's quite the opposite. We're thrilled. It verifies and affirms our choice in the market. Plus, there's a whole group of folks that that company is going to be able to serve that we never can reach. So it's all good. When we play together, it works better. So enlightened self-interest means you put your oxygen mask on first. Yeah, I got to take care of myself. That's true. But if I don't make that the focus, if I make the focus doing the right thing for the right reason in a market where it makes sense and people will do well, whether those are your tenants or overnight guests or whoever they are, the stakeholders in the marketplace do better because you're there, then at the end of the day, you get taken care of. When I focus on me, well, not much happens. That is amazing. And I, I, I just, I'm sitting here reflecting as I'm listening to you and I, I'm just really wondering if you were to take that a step further and you were to give yourself advice, you know, from five or 10 years ago about competing with yourself rather than being consumed in this competition, what would you say, Robert? Yeah, it was one of the big pivot points for me. I can't say that I always was abundant minded. I was very scarcity minded at the beginning. And I thought if I went up on a listing appointment and I didn't get it, the other guy did, wow, what did I do wrong? And that guy's no good. And they made a bad choice. And I had to get all that stinking thinking out of my head. And today I'm much more truly abundant minded. Like we say on our show all the time, don't just listen to our podcast, listen to other great podcasts. We haven't cornered the market on information or guests or ideas. We've got a great listening audience, but they have more than one hour a week and there's a lot of good stuff out there. So why not spread the love? And I think that's just the, the big change that you recognize that I learned two big lessons in development. One from my partner, Beth, and she said, when you hire the very best people in their field, it actually doesn't cost you more. It makes you more. And it, I was one of those guys that was you know, looking for the low cost lead, leader. My favorite hotel brand was Hotwire. But then I recognized that's not that's the that's the center mass where everybody's goes you know the thing about the ladder of success is it's only crowded at the bottom it's not crowded at the top and so you got to think differently but at the same time you got to embrace those that have come before we can learn from people that made mistakes we can learn from people that had successes we learn from our own mistakes and our own successes but i think people learn less from their successes like they don't really step back and go okay that worked really well 
Let me dissect it and make sure I understand why. It's not just because I was brilliant. There was probably more luck than skill involved. And that's a, a key. You've got to break down the good and the bad and figure out how to do it better next time. Robert, this is such a valuable conversation and I'm just so grateful for it. If you were to talk to, you know, folks who are really, maybe they're navigating the earlier part of their real estate investing journey. um, Is there anything that you would say to a personal investment philosophy and the importance around that? I think it's the difference between what makes some people amazing in real estate and what has other people just so, so your personal investment philosophy is the difference between you and every other person on the planet when it comes to real estate. It's a process. We talk about it in our book. We actually have uh, kind of a cool little uh, audio workshop and course that doesn't have any ads or commercials. It's just pure education that people can grab if they want to send an email to PIP. That's personal investment philosophy at realestateguysradio.com. PIP at realestateguysradio.com. You get a link to the audio. It's 20 minutes or 25 minutes. And I walk you through this one page worksheet on personal investment philosophy. And what it is, It's getting crystal clear on who you are as an investor, what resources you have and what direction you're going. Because if you don't do that, if you don't get clear, then any deal that comes across your desk might be a good deal. We don't see broker packages that say, "Ah, this is a so-so deal on a copy (laughs) market. No, every broker package makes it seem like it's the best thing ever. So once you have your personal investment philosophy as your true north, you can look at a deal and very, very quickly say, yep or not for me. Now, the one step beyond the uh, enlightened self-interest is you had a deal and you said, it's not for me. Take an extra second and think, who do I know that might be interested in a deal like this? Mm. Because that will get you two things. It will find you favor with the person you send it to. As long as you get permission from the person that sent it to you, it'll find favor there as well. I want to be a quick no. If I'm not the right person for a deal, I don't want to waste anybody's time. But I know instantly, within a minute or two, I know if I'm even a candidate. And then it gets into the intuitive part where, Tyler, as weird as it sounds, I know when I'm the buyer. When a deal comes and it's my, I know, I know, I just feel like I first look with my left brain and then my right brain and heart kick in and I'm like, this is our deal. And it is uncanny how often that is true. That's not where somebody starts usually. And that didn't start for me. But once I was clear on who I was, it was amazing what happened. It's almost like intuition, right? At at a certain point, you know, the the data has been collected in your infinite intelligence or in your gut or in your heart or whatever that is. And I just think that's so much more valuable than just using your intellect. And, And of course, that comes with mastery, that comes with repetition. But how else do you train that intuition to see that and to find you know, the, the effective decision-making in the environment. Pay attention to patterns, right? When I've, I've seen this movie before, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, I, I, I've seen this. I've gone down this path. And then you got to check your assumptions. I love having a sounding board, somebody else I can bounce it off of. I get all revved up and excited, but that's usually, you know, my nature because I'm off to the next deal. And so then I need to bounce it off somebody, wise counsel who has a different approach. You know, I've got a great friend who's an attorney and we affectionately call him the wet blanket, but he's not a deal killer attorney, right? He's a, a guy that is encouraging of us doing deals, but he protects us more than we would ourselves. So anytime I get too far out of line with being all excited about a deal and being enamored by a market or a participant, it's like, hey, take a look at this for me, right? So it's just that knowing that you have somebody else in your corner, that lifeline you could go to uh, if you needed the feedback and be open to it. It's a challenge as you get better and better at at what you do to stay humble. And that's the whole key is so that you don't believe your own press, that you always remember your roots and that you recognize that there's still room to improve no matter how great you get at anything in life. Robert, I'm just I'm just incredibly in awe of this conversation because your humility really shows through and not just your words, but just how you show up. And I, I'd love to, you know, ask you this question before we transition into the rapid fire section, rare air questionnaire. I'd love to know who would you say have been some of the biggest influences in your life? I would I think I have a guess for this, and you've mentioned some names multiple times in this session together, but who would you say have been the biggest influences in your life? Well, my dad was amazing. Uh, he was in the real estate business uh, since he was a young man, and he owned property in eight different decades, which is just crazy to think about. And watching him 
And the way he approached the market and real estate and life was incredible. And then the things he actually sat on and taught me, smart, smart dude. I like to say that he taught me everything I know about real estate, but not quite everything he knew. And when he was in his 80s and still showing up at all our events and, and excited about getting involved with other people's passion, I mean, he didn't need to work. He didn't need to do much. And yet he loved it. We couldn't stay home. And he was a huge, huge mentor on me. I had a couple of uh, great mentors in real estate sales. Um, a guy named Walter Sanford, who was the number one real estate agent in the United States in terms of income for several years in a row, was a guy I learned from. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to learn from somebody. Why not the guy doing it better than everybody else? And I had another uh, mentor or two like that, Tommy Hopkins in sales, who uh, was an incredible friend to this day. Um, obviously, Jim Rohn was a huge impact on me and Brian Tracy, probably those two guys in, pers in personal development. Also, Dr. Dennis Waitley, who's an extraordinary, extraordinary man uh, and just one of the most humble and down to earth people ever. Uh, and then my good friend and great teacher, Robert Kiyosaki, who's maybe the best teacher I've ever known. I just think that character trait integration is a beautiful thing that we can collect, you know, these beautiful character traits around people that we admire and respect and are blessed to have relationships with along the way. And we can become a collection of those people. So I was really excited to ask you that question, Robert, and, and appreciate that insight. And Robert, I want to transition into our rare air questionnaire. It's a rapid fire section of our podcast. And I really want to know what makes you so uncommon. And we've really been digging into that uh, for this episode so far, but I'd love to take this a step further. Obviously, you've got a bookshelf behind you and you're a learner, you're a reader, and you're an author yourself. I would love to know if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Well, I think Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon, Napoleon Hill is a must read. It, it was written a long time ago, so it's a little hard to get through and some of the, you know, a man shall this and he shall that. Set all that aside, there's some awesome stuff uh, there for sure. I think in that same vein, Ogmandino wrote a book called The Greatest Salesman in the World. If you sell anything, that is a must read. Uh, it's an incredible, timeless principles. The, both those books were written a long time ago. As far as uh, current stuff, um, one of my favorite books that will just kick your butt is called Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. It's a quick read. It's a thin book. It's a follow-up to a book called uh, the War of Art. Um, if you if you want to read them both, start with The War of Art and then read this. If you only have time for one turning pro, that's just a butt kicker of a book in a great way. You'll think he wrote it just for you. Um, I love this book. It's called Eat, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. This is a time management book. If you struggle with productivity, that's another great one. Uh, these aren't just books I put up to you know be impressive. These are all books I've read and I got a lot more. I, I'm the kind of guy that anytime someone makes a book recommendation, I, I order the book. And then I got a big old stack of books to read, right? I always want to have more in front of me. And someone will say, now, have you read this? I'm like, no, but I bought that book. And it goes <laughs> up to the top of the pile, right? So there's so many great books, but um, maybe those are some of the lesser known ones. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I have a, an entire bookshelf of books that I'm getting to in, in addition to many other bookshelves that I don't know about you, Tyler. I can't read more than one book at a time. My mind doesn't let me go there. You know, I talk to people that like, oh, I'm reading this book, this book and this book. I'm like, my brain wants to mush it all up. I often say I, I don't think I've ever had an original thought. I just assemble stuff from all these amazing people that came before and put it out in a way that hopefully can inspire people and hopefully get me in the right direction. That's exactly right. I couldn't agree more. Aside from our discussion today, Robert, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Being around my family. I just love hanging out, watching them evolve and get bigger and stronger and smarter. When my 16-year-old says to me, Dad, I, I've been thinking a lot about this and I want to follow in your footsteps. I'm like, Whoa. And my <laughs> next question is, do you have any idea what I do? <laughs> but, uh, but that's just what, you know, my, my design, my life around that. I travel a lot, not as much today, but still a ton today. And from the very beginning, I made sure I never went on three or four week trips. Which I used to do when I was single, easy just to route everything together and just keep going. But when you got kids, you know, it, it's quality of time that you spend with your work associates, but it's quantity of time that you spend with your family and not just my immediate family, but my greater family. And I think one of the blessings of COVID has been we've done a lot of Zoom calls and talked more often to members of our family than, than we did before the, we were shut down. 
So there's always a, a silver lining and it also, you know, just keeps you rock steady. You got to remember your roots. Anytime I get too full of myself, my wife, my wife reminds me that it's trash night and that just brings <laughs> me right back down to earth. Oh, wives do that, don't they? Uh, <laughs> my goodness, Robert, what is the biggest way that you elevate others around you? I think it's just being an example. You know, sometimes you're an example of what to do and sometimes you're an example of what not to do. But, you know, let everybody learn from that. Like, here's where I messed up. Don't do that. It's too bad failures don't give seminars, right? You could learn a lot. So, but I also like to be an example of the way it could be uh, and, you know, give people ideas they hadn't thought of. My favorite thing is watching the lights come on. When you can see more in somebody than they see in themselves and you can inspire them to catch a bigger vision, that's my favorite thing. That's so cool. And uh, you just mentioned failures and seminars. And obviously, you're a seminar expert and you deliver so much value to other people. And I, you know, almost if there's a listener out there who's thinking about maybe a failure that they're experiencing right now, they can even look at it as a seminar. And uh, I just think that that's such a valuable, you know, mindset approach to say, well, what can I learn from this? And Robert, I've just learned so much from this conversation. I'm so grateful for our time together. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? I think it's just that you have unlimited potential. And this is a theme that you continue to explore on this show. And that's awesome that there are no limits. There's no limit on your income. There's no limit on what you can achieve, except the limits you put in your own way. So if you can see possibilities, if you can see your way around the corner, don't get mired in the negative that happens, but that's just something you stepped in. It's not very pleasant at the moment, but you can wash it off and, and live another day. But at the same time, when greatness happens to you, and I hope it does again and again, you have to recognize that that's also separate from you and you can't believe your own press all the time. And just like we want failure to go away and go into a small corner, success will come and go. Don't build your life so that your self-image and your self-worth is determined by how successful you are in life. It's who you are as a person that matters and what you have to say matters. So I think that it's the world is your oyster and you need to go out and figure out how to get it. Oh, my gosh, Robert. Oh, my goodness. You just brought so much value to us today. I want to acknowledge you for the value that you bring to other people, the care that you have for other people, the care that you have for yourself and the commitment that you have to excellence. I just really, really appreciate you. I really appreciate everything that you do and everything that you're about. And I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to spend time with you today. I know that the listeners can go to realestateguysradio.com to learn more about you guys. But is there anywhere else that the listeners can go to learn more about you and what you do? Well, you know, to make it easy, just send a single email to Chesser, like Tyler Chesser, Chesser at realestateguysradio.com, and you'll get back a bunch of propaganda about our show and our <laughs> events and all that kind of stuff, and we'd love to engage with you, uh, whatever that way works for you. It's been an awesome time, Tyler. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Keep doing what you're doing because you're spreading great messages out into the world. Oh my gosh. I feel official now. I got, I have my official Chesser at the real radio.com. So definitely send an email there. And uh, Robert, until next time, my friend, thank you so much for being on the show. Elevate Nation. I just want to encourage you to such a high degree to re-listen to the show because repetition is the mother of all skill. I want to encourage you to share this with a friend, share this with a colleague, a business associate, because there's so much here that you can apply not only to your mindset, to your thinking, but to your action. Because today, is about education for effective action as the man, the myth, the legend, Robert Helms always says. And so Robert, thank you so much again for being on the show, my friend. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks everybody. Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.